Integrity matters. This is Pastor Mike Kramer of New Life Church, your home of positive faith, bringing you power for living. Come to the cross and find forgiveness. Get into His Word and you'll find strength for your soul. Tap into the love that God has given. And you'll find power for living. Power for Living is a positive faith ministry. We believe that a positive attitude in life is an expression of the positive faith which embraces a powerful truth that with God all things are possible. Pastor Mike Kramer is a founder of Power for Living, senior pastor at New Life Church, and the author of the inspirational book, Power Moments. Tap into the love that God has given and you find power for My friend, today I want to speak on the subject integrity matters. You know, integrity is the influence of a genuine life. Integrity is all about authenticity. It's not about perfection. I don't think people are looking for perfection, but they do want to know that we are real, we're genuine, we're authentic. Integrity means character still counts. I like to think of it this way. Integrity reminds us that success has no shortcuts. You know, integrity is essential for democracy, quite frankly. I mean, uh, we elect our leaders. So the people that are doing the voting, it's important that we're people of character uh, because many times our leadership will reflect the values of those going into the voting booth. So You know, it's very, very important. Everything rises and falls on leadership. And so integrity matters. Listen to Titus chapter 1 and verse 16. It's referring to some people that were kind of hanging around the church of that day. It said, they profess to know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Well, first of all, integrity matters because behavior verifies belief. You know, the scripture says that faith without works is dead. Uh, James, uh, in the book of James in the New Testament, it says, you know, you say you have faith. He says, I'll show you my faith by my works. So in other words, It's been said that faith alone saves. Let's don't uh, get a misunderstanding here. We don't work our way into heaven, according to the New Testament. The scripture says in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we don't work our way into heaven. God doesn't have some balancing scale trying to uh, you know, if we do something good, he tips it in our favor. If we do something bad, he tips it against us. And at the end of our life, we see which way that scale uh, lands, and that's where we uh, spend eternity. That, that's not really the way it works with God. We're saved by grace. Grace is an undeserved favor. Christ did for us what we could not do for ourselves. God demonstrated his own love toward us. The scripture says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Of course, then three days later, he bodily resurrected from the dead, proving that what he did on the cross satisfied the Father. So think of it this way. 
Faith alone saves, but faith that saves should not be alone. In other words, we should back up what we believe by the behavior that we manifest, the life that we live, I guess would be a good way of saying that. But here we find a group of people who profess to know God, but their works denied him. In other words, their life did not match their lips. Their walk did not match the words that they said. And so it's very, very important that we be people of integrity, genuine, authentic. Now, you know, we live in a couple of extremes. You know, one extreme is, you know, people will try to find any little speck of dirt on somebody. They'll go back 40 years and then throw it back in somebody's face and and say, oh, they must not be real. Well, now, wait a minute. You know, (laughs) I don't think any of us want our life to be totally judged by all the decisions that we made when we were 16, 17, 18 years old. I mean, my goodness, I think we all... uh, had some blunders along the way and things that we had to go to the Lord and ask God to forgive us of and, and, and so on and so forth. It's, it's like it takes time to grow up. So one extreme is if you can find anything along the way and throw it back at somebody, you know, even 40, 50 years later says, ah, oh, look at this. They must not be real. That, that's an extreme. I mean, there's a thing called forgiveness. And, and we all need it, and we go to Christ for it, and we look to God, and the Scripture says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we need to be a forgiving people. The other extreme is to act as if how we live makes no difference in what we say that we believe. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to hit this one too hard, but, you know, I think of some of the news broadcast in recent years where, you know, a a building would be in flames behind the broadcaster and they'd be talking about how peaceful a particular protest was. Well, hey, uh, that's kind of living in never-never land here. You know, we've got to be real about what's happening. We've got to be authentic. We've got to be genuine. But so integrity... Our behavior verifies our belief. In other words, how we live really determines what we really, truly believe. Well, in this particular case, their profession did not match their possession. In other words, when someone professes to know Christ as Lord and Savior some changes should take place internally. Now, I'm not talking about just legalistically reforming our behavior. You know, you can't legislate morality. You can't legislate character. That is the inside work. That's an inside job. That's the transformational power of the Holy Spirit of God. That even when we do wrong, we make it right. So again, it's not about uh, being perfect, but it is about being genuine. And so, but here their possession didn't match their profession or their profession didn't match their possession. They professed to know God, but in their works, they denied him. So in other words, the life that they were living did not match the belief they claimed to have. And so the apostle Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, sort of calls them out on it and says, hey, this isn't the way things should be. 
you know, there's an old saying that, you know, sometimes our actions speak louder than our words. You know, sometimes we say, hey, I can't hear what you're saying because your life is so loud. So we need to be people that are real. We don't want to be people that say one thing and then do another. In fact, Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 15, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And of course, the greatest commandment of all uh, is what's called the great commandment. Luke 10, 27, Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. And of course, in that context, the guy follows up and says, well, who is my neighbor? And that's where Jesus follows through with the parable of the Good Samaritan. And, you know, some people walked right by the guy in need, and the Samaritan comes along and helps him. And Jesus says, who was his neighbor? And the guy says, well, I guess it was the guy who helped him. Well, the idea is love does not look for loopholes as to who we're going to love. We should love all people and do the best that we can to be kind and to be that good neighbor. In other words, our vertical worship of God really ought to be revealed in our horizontal love and respect for humanity, and we should do all that we can to help one another. James one twenty two says to be doers of the word, lest we deceive ourselves. James two seventeen says faith without works is dead, and it says, in fact, in James two nineteen it says even the devil believes and trembles. So, you know, Satan knows his doom. Satan is a believer in God. He's just trying to get as many people to go with him as he can. So to to say that you believe is great, but the book of James says that's no better than the devil himself. Faith should then be put into action. Faith should be put into our life. It should be put into works, if you will, that helps humanity. And we should do all that we can to be the kind of person that is authentic. And so integrity matters because behavior verifies our belief. You know, it's been said that we are the Bible that the world is reading. In other words, uh, a lot of people may not pick up the Bible and read it, but they will watch the life of a Christian, particularly Christian leaders and and those people in the faith community, and they'll say, okay, uh, what difference does this really make? And unfortunately, we see in the book of Titus, it made very little difference at all. And so, you know, we saw uh, recently that leadership matters, and leaders are to be uh, people of, of, of goodwill and character, people of faith. But here we see integrity matters, and he's following up because the context is that of false teachers, people that were leading believers astray by manipulating the Scriptures to match the life that they wanted to live instead of bringing themselves under surrender to the lordship of Christ and having their life match what Christ wants. You know, that's really the key. We become a Christian by believing in Jesus Christ. Total trust in Christ and Christ alone. Now, God uses many different churches, all kinds of denominations, uh, I'm not by any means here saying that New Life has a corner on the market there or that the Power for Living ministry has a corner on the market on what genuine faith is all about. I, I would never go down that road. But 
it is important to understand that according to the New Testament, the way someone becomes a Christian is by placing their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The scripture describes that as calling on the name of the Lord. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and then believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then verse 13 of that same passage goes on to say, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, just recently I had, um, well, it was one of the uh, middle school uh, students here at New Life that came up to me and said, you know, there was a question uh, in our Bible study and they were asked, how were Old Testament believers saved? And and this particular middle school student said, well, I said they were saved by uh, sacrificing the animals uh, on the altar. And someone else said they were saved by believing in Christ. And this middle school student said, Pastor, who's right? And I said, you know what? You're both right. Because the sacrifice of the animal, the lamb, was a picture of of Jesus Christ who would come. And when Christ hit the scene, John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I said, the Old Testament believer was saved by looking forward to the Messiah that God was going to send in the person of Jesus Christ who would die and raise again for our sins. The New Testament believer, we look back to what Christ has done. And we believe that he died and rose again. So I said, you know, in a way, you're both right. And then I took that particular middle school student to the scripture of Genesis chapter 4, verse 26. And it says, and as for Seth, to him also a son was born, and he named him Enosh. Now, here's the key. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. I said, you see right here? They were saved in the Old Testament, just like we are in the New Testament, by calling on the name of the Lord. They believed that Christ would hit the scene. We believe that Christ has hit the scene, that he has done what he said he would do, that God keeps his promises, and then we come to him in faith, believing, and invite Christ into our life. That's what's described as calling on the name of the Lord, inviting Jesus Christ into our life to be our Lord and Savior, and then faith in Christ saves us, and then our walk with Christ should match the belief that we say that we embrace. And again, Titus said they profess to know God, but in their works they deny him. And God would want us to say integrity matters because behavior verifies belief. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you peace in your heart and power for living. Amen.